Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon. And we come to you on this Monday. We talk about everything that's going on in the National Football League and whatever else you think you want to discuss today. We can do so. We've got one weekend of preseason football left, and then we can get done with all the nonsense, which is what NFL preseason is, the uh, over-hype and over-evaluation and, you know, this and that, and get down to the regular season. I hate the NFL preseason. I really do. Absolutely hate it. You know, I'm looking at all the injuries that, you know, we see each and every week, and you just go, wow. Uh, it's, It's unbelievable. Jonathan Taylor, all pro running back from the Colts, has been granted permission to seek a trade. Obviously, the Colts aren't just going to give him away. So, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, they're going to want at least a first-round pick, and uh, Taylor is a guy that uh, has fallen out of favor uh, with the Colts. So we'll see what happens there. But And he's young. You know, he's only 24. All right? By the way, does anybody out there think uh, the Colts are going to win more than five or six games this year? Seriously. I I don't see it, you know? I don't see it at all. All right, again, um, we can talk about whatever you want. Uh, Aiden O'Connell looks pretty good for the Raiders. I know it's preseason, and I don't want to contradict myself, but he looks pretty good, you know, for a guy that is a rookie and where they took him and everything else. Um, I got to tell you, it's pretty impressive uh, to watch uh, him play. I did a rant on this today. Did you see, and I didn't watch it, but I did see the uh, excerpts of it. Did you see ESPN on Saturday night and how they characterized Trey Lance's performance? It's just unbelievable. Seriously. I mean, Trey Lance was pretty good. And, you know, you would have thought he was the worst player on the field. If you'd watched uh, ESPN, seriously. Well, incredible. How about Tiki Barber, the former running back for the New York Giants, now a host for WFAN, had to apologize today because he went on the air and claimed that the Jets had canceled a practice with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because their head coach, Robert Sala, would not be in attendance. Barber actually said on the radio today, his actions were reckless and said he smoothed it out with the Jets. How about that? Quote, I knew where I went wrong. We have talked it out, so to speak. Just wanted to get that out there because some people were curious about my thinking. We speculate in the business and I was wrong pretty embarrassing in New York to have to do that but you know again I give him a lot of credit for coming out and saying that you know what I I was flat out wrong all right said quote the Jets canceled the practice on Thursday 
and the Bucks were already on their way here. Like they're not going to come practice for a day. There were a lot of theories on why, but I leave, but I believe from what I have now ascertained through a secondhand party that Coach Sala couldn't be at practice. This is the most important part of it. They are being filmed by hard knocks. Why isn't the coach here? All right. What hard knocks? What hard knocks is showing has caused Robert Sala to be criticized? Man. Anyway, Tiki, it's an embarrassing situation uh, for him. But at least he went on the air and apologized. I give him credit for that. All right, what else? We got baseball. Shohei Otani. How freaking unbelievable is that guy? Wow. Seriously, how good is Shohei Otani? All right, James Harden. Update on that nutcase, right? I mean, I don't know what else to say. Sham Sharania of The Athletic, quote, when James Harden opted in, the decision to work together on a trade that stemmed from James Harden believing that there was no real intention from the Sixers and giving him long-term offers of free agent. And so every run around the Sixers, they know that he's been incredibly unnerved about how the team has handled the potential free agency. He had more on it. All right. This story is ridiculous. All right. We know last week Harden went on a Houston TV station, said, quote, it's too late to repair his relationship. I've been patient all summer for me. It's just focus on what I can control and getting ready for this season. Unbelievable. Again, who in their right mind? Give me a general manager in the NBA. That would give James Harden a long-term deal. They would have to have like dementia. They would have to have like something wrong with their brain to give James Harden a long-term deal. Seriously. Who would do that? What general manager in the league would look at Harden and go, oh, yeah. Let's get him on our team and give him a long-term deal. Who's doing that? Seriously. You think any GM in the National Football or in the uh, National Basketball Association is doing that? Come on now. Please. All right. Let's get to some phone calls. Why don't we start with Al? Al, how are you today? Hey, I'm good, man. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead. That's three calls in a row where you can hear me. I think I'm on a roll. Yep, you are on a roll. I wanted to comment on your rant uh, earlier earlier today about uh, uh, this guy at ESPN say evaluating uh, Lance's performance. What's going on? What what what? If, where did journalistic integrity go in, in in this age we live in? Because you know, I think you mentioned something like he might not have even seen the game. I'm sorry if you're gonna write a scathing, you know. A diatribe against a player, I would think you'd have to have watched the game. I mean, am I, is that something that, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. How can he, 
I mean, the performance was very good. He had one bad play early in, in a game, but, you know, and you pointed this out. So where's this guy? He, he, you think he actually didn't well, watch there's, it? There's, there's, there's no way that an anchor preparing to do a show on SportsCenter can be watching all the games. It's not possible. You can uh, watch some of it, and you could be you, you could be aware. I mean, I've been to the ESPN headquarters. I mean, obviously, there are monitors everywhere yeah. with all the games on them at all the time. But there's no way that you could okay. be watching – you know, all of the games that you're talking about, because they talk about all the games. They talk about all the baseball games. I mean, it, right. it's, it, it's not possible. And quite often, okay, um, quite often, there. well, in this particular case, those were his words. And I, I doubt that that was a script that was written for him. I've always said this, okay? And I, I used to do sports on TV for years. You know, if someone's going to write something for you, you have to make sure you prove proofread it. Because if you don't agree with it, then you shouldn't say it. I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that. Now, again, I I'm not a good example to use of that because I didn't I never wrote anything down. I never used scripts. But for somebody that r- reads scripts, and I would think that the ESPN anchors read scripts. Not all of them they write, but for those scripts that aren't written by them, they need to proofread them. And if they don't like it, they can change it. So I'm with you on that. It is very irresponsible. You ask me, okay, you ask me what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. No one is held accountable anymore in not only sports journalism, if you want to call that journalism, but in the news business, nobody, there's no accountability in the news business, there's no accountability on our news networks. There's no accountability when someone gets a story wrong. There's no accountability yeah. anymore. There's no recourse for being yeah. wrong. There's so much pressure now to being yeah. first as opposed to being accurate. Because here's the deal. The news cycle changes every couple of minutes. So if you come out with a story and it's wrong or you try to be first and it's wrong, Right. By the time you wake up the next day, that story is old news and people have forgotten about it already. I mean, it's just that it's a really bad cycle. But again, there's you're not there's no recourse anymore in the news or sports business for being wrong. None. There's no, nothing. Nothing happens to you. Nothing. You know, Nate, a lot of these make guys make their bank by just writing the most ridiculous, stupidest nonsense. Just to, it seems like to get a reaction and get people because people are reacting, they're viewing, they're or listening, and that's the network network or the, or the news agency or whatever you're at. They're happy because, but so these some of these guys are just making bank by putting out this stupid, ridiculous, like, look at Colin Coward. You went off on him, too. How the hell? Yeah. This guy reminds me of Ron Bergen. Do you ever see that movie Anchorman? Yeah, of course. You remember when uh, the, uh, she's trying, they're trying to, the girl comes in, she's the one, she's trying to, like, come in, they don't, and the guys don't like her, and her co-worker goes, hey, Ron will, will read anything off the teleprompter, anything. And then he says, ends the night, go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> this yeah. is what I'm thinking of Colin Coward. I mean, you, not only did he say, 
Dwayne Haskins, he named Johnny Manziel, which I didn't know until I listened to your rant, and who hadn't been in the league in like, I think, seven years. It's, it's like, and they, yep. there's no recourse. He's, he's Colin Cowherd. Right. People look, hey, this guy spews whatever nonsense. Skip Bayless, he can spew Stephen A. Smith. They can spew whatever nonsense just to get a reaction, to put stick the needle in there. And, and that's their bank. That's how they do it. Well, again, I don't know. I, I have I can't remember the last time I watched the Sports Center. It's been years, and I don't yeah. know who Zubin Mahenti is. Zubin Mahenti is the one that was doing the 49er highlights. But you yeah. know, again, for his commentary, which I don't believe this was written for him, I believe that this was his commentary. And if it's not, yeah. um, you know, he he's he made a big mistake. But for him to say, okay, that boy Trey Lance just had another dismal outing. 49ers win late. Lance, the numbers were good. Performance, not so much, according to those that watched every game. I mean, according to those that watch every game, like, what the hell does that mean? Can you imagine Walter Cronkite being yeah. alive right now? I mean, and seeing how our media is not held to any journalistic standards at all. I mean, think about the era of the Walter Cronkites of the world. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's it's, again, when I went to broadcast journalism when i majored in broadcast journalism in college okay you know the one thing and uh, the one course that i learned more than anything in four years was called journalism law and ethics and my professor you know we went by the standard of you need to verify your facts and then verify them with a second source and that the the level of accountability that being accurate is the most important thing in journalism accuracy check your facts double check your facts that doesn't happen anymore i mean it just doesn't it's like fact check fact checking doesn't exist anymore i'll give you an example mike wise who used to work for the sacramento union he used to work for the new york times the Washington Post, when he was with, I believe it was the Post, could have been the Times, but I believe it was when he was with the Washington Post. He no put out a false tweet, okay? He put out a tweet that he knew was false mm. because he wanted to see if the media would pick it up and report it as fact without doing any checks, okay? Mike ended up getting suspended for a month by the Washington Post, but he proved his point. Other news organizations took what he put and put it as fact without doing any work, any uh, fact-checking at all. He paid a heavy price for it. He was suspended for a month but he proved his point. That's it's classic. Just, yeah, but but I, it's, it's, it's you know what it is. It's classic. I agree, but it's sad. That's the world we live in today. You know. Yeah, I got to go look that up uh, on my own because that's just amazing, and I I believe it totally. You know. But anyway, thanks for taking my call, man. Good rant and enjoy the show. Thanks for taking the call. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Let's get to uh, some other phone calls. And uh, we are going to bring on Connor. Hello. Hey, Grant. Connor, how are you? Good. Yeah, so I don't know if 
you saw the Kings sign Scalabissier, and obviously, I don't think it's obviously a big signing, but it was kind of bringing me back to the memories. I don't know if you remember your call when he hit a game winner against the Knicks. I was at that game, and I thought that was one of your best calls. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I also remember the game where he had 30-plus um, against Phoenix one night, which, you know, he looked all-world. All so, again, it's another body. He's got to make the team. Um, quite frankly, I didn't even think Scal was still in the league. You know, I haven't heard from Scal. I, don't, I, I, I was very surprised when I saw this. Yeah, and maybe you can answer this. Was he on the team when – De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes maybe earlier in their King stint, or was that before all of that? Before, I believe. Yeah. Before. Uh, I'm a big Scal. To... Scal is a great person. Like, I, I will say this about Scal. He will fit in the locker room perfectly. He is a phenomenal person. I love Scal. And every time I used to see him when I was in Portland or vice versa, I would always go over and you know, talk to him. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he was always an easy guy to root for. He seems like a great guy. And whenever, when he had a big moment like that, it was cool to be able to root for someone like that. Yeah. So, um, but again, I, as far as Scal goes, I wish him nothing but the best. I really do. I wish the guy nothing but the best because he, he's like Harry Giles. Those guys are so easy to root for. You know, like Harry, I love Harry. I absolutely love the guy. Scal is the same thing. Scal is just a great person. I'm, I, I root for people like that. You know, I, I really do. I root for people like that. Yeah, so do I. And since the NFL season's coming up, I wanted to bring up another conversation. Do you think that Justin Herbert, if his, it's a big if, but if his wide receivers can stay healthy this year, do you see him as a possible MVP race candidate? Yep. If he stays healthy, he's good enough to be that. So, you know, he was a bit inconsistent last year, but I put a lot of that on the fact that he had multiple injuries at the skill position. But yeah, I think he has the skill set to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, he has Austin Eckler, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and all those guys have struggled with injuries. So if they can get a little lucky like the Kings did and stay healthy all year, I think they can be really good. And they'll, obviously it's the Chiefs division, but they'll get in as a wild card for sure. Yeah, well, I, they should. I mean, they really should. And I don't see Denver or the Raiders being relevant in terms of being a playoff team. So I, I would think they're one of the playoff teams. Absolutely. Yeah, what do you think about their coach has always had a history of kind of taking risks that sometimes seem too risky. Do you think that's kind of cooled off in the last year or so, or do you think that'll pick up again? What, 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 what are, you, are you talking about the, the uh, about Staley going forward on fourth down and sit, uh, on your own 20 yard line and things of that nature? I think that's yeah. got to change a little bit. I, I think that, you know, I'm all for taking chances. I think field position is crucial. I think, yeah, I think time score situation, all of that, um, I think it will tone down a little bit. Yeah, I, I would think so. If not, here's the deal. I mean, if of all the coaches in the NFL, I can't really name anyone above him that I put on the hot seat like him. In other words, I, I think they are they have to not only make the playoffs, I think they gotta win a playoff game at least. 
or else there's going to be a change at the, the coaching position there. Yeah, I think the other one is Sean McDermott, and I think he has to win more than one playoff game to keep his job. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I think Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. Washington, I, I think already when you when you enter the season, you know those are some of the names uh, that are that are on the hot seat. All right, I I think those are. Yeah, I think you just named a couple of them, and I would agree with you about uh, McDermott. You know, I think Buffalo. They're the team this year. I mean, the last two years, people expected them, particularly last year. Everyone thought Buffalo was going to represent the AFC in a Super Bowl. And quite frankly, they took a step back last year. And I thought their quarterback and Josh Allen took a step back. And that is a guy that, you know, can't be – he can't be the Josh Allen of last year if they're going to win the AFC. Just can't do it. You've got to be better than that. Yeah, and last question. Do you think that – what do the Raiders have to do for Josh McDaniels to still be the coach next year? Fabulous question. First of all, I, I don't know what the expectations are, but I do know that Mark Davis's expectations are different than everyone else's because he, I don't think he has ever looked at his team objectively. So he's probably thinking his team is a playoff team. I don't see how you could lose Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller and consider yourself a playoff team when your defense is, uh, you know, you got Max Crosby, who's great, okay? Great. After that, who do you have really on defense that you go, oh, my gosh. So, I mean, how is how are the Raiders going to be close to a 500 team without Waller, who's now a giant, and Jacobs, who's out of camp? And, yeah, I like Garoppolo, but, I mean – He's got Devontae Adams, and then what else does he have, right? I mean, and I'm talking about big-time talent. I, I just don't – I don't see it happening. Do you? Do you think the Raiders are going to win even eight games this year? Because I don't. No, not at all, and especially in that division. But what's the situation with Josh Jacobs? Like, is he what Saquon Barkley was in a few weeks ago? Or Yes. And he just hasn't yeah. decided to resign? Uh, he has not signed his uh, tag. And he's not being fined. So he's just like, well, then I'm not coming to work. I believe he'll show up in all likelihood the week of the first game. If I had to guess, I believe that he'll show up right after Labor Day or on Labor Day and get ready for week one because I can't imagine him giving up 10 point whatever million. I mean, he's a running back. He doesn't have a lot of years for his career. That's a lot of money. I got to believe that he's going to come to work. Yeah, I think that the Saquon Barkley situation is kind of a wake-up call to the other running backs. To You can't. I mean, the teams and their owners aren't going to budge, so you better sign nope. the tags or you're not going to be playing football. Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants, the Jim Shane didn't budge. I mean, or Joe Shane, the general manager. I mean, the Giants clearly won that. I mean, we got, you know, you, you might say – you really shouldn't say someone won or lost. The reality is the Giants won that whole situation. They got their running back in camp for what they were going to pay him anyway. And they didn't give him the deal that he wanted. And he's on the field playing, right? I mean, that that the goal here is to have your player on the field playing. That's That's the goal, okay? And the Giants did that under their – terms under their 
price structure that they deemed was a fit for Barkley. The Raiders have not been able to do that yet. So, and again, you tell me, Connor, how do the Raiders become a playoff team without a guy who was so prolific in everything that he did on the field last year in Jacobs? I mean, he's one of the difference makers in the NFL at the running back position. There are a handful of difference makers, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, right? There, there aren't many. You can name uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, there, there are a handful, okay? Jacobs is among that group. And I know I left out a guy or two, but I'm trying to make a point here. You look at Jacobs, he's in that category, right? He's in that category. All right, while, while you and I are doing this, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Any other coaches that come to mind right now that you think may be on the hot seat? I think Todd Bowles is on the hot seat. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think, don't see how I th- his situation I, is going to work I, out for him. I think Dennis Allen is going to be on the hot seat. You know, they now have Derek Carr. They're in an inferior division. I think he's a guy that's on the hot seat. So I think there are a couple of more than Brandon Staley, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott. You know, again, I'd say Bowles is on there. Uh, again, I think Dennis Allen is on there. I'll tell you another guy. Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat. Yeah, he sure is. And what do you think about Kevin O'Connell? Obviously, they had a decent year last year, but fell short in the playoffs. Do you think the expectations with Kirk Cousins should be higher this year? It's a great question. I don't think O'Connell would lose his job unless the the Vikings are a non-playoff team. And I think in that division, there'll be at least a wild card. So I will say no. I mean, they won 13 games last year. You know, I, I, I know they lost to the Giants in the playoffs, but they lost to the Giants in the playoffs because of their defense, not their offense. Although I thought the Giants, their game plan on Jefferson was magnificent. But the reason why the Vikings lost last year was their defense. And they're a little bit different now because they don't have Dalvin Cook. Um, but, you know, Cousins is a good quarterback. They're just waiting for him to win in the playoffs. I don't think so. I would say no. I would say no. He's not on the hot seat. Yeah, and you talk about their defense. They have a horrible defense. They lost Dalvin Cook. They lost Adam Thielen. So, I mean, Matt. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot about Thielen. He's now in uh, uh, Carolina. That's a big loss for them. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, he's good receive. He's a very good receiver. And they're basically putting all their eggs in one basket and hoping Justin Jefferson can basically be their offense this year. Yeah, and he's really, really good, but he's going to need a secondary guy. We'll see. You know, again, I, I'm not I'm not sold on the Lions like everyone else is. I think the Bears are a non-playoff team. Packers, I mean, who knows about the Packers? I can't imagine them being a playoff team. You know, so Minnesota's got a great opportunity to win that division again. Yeah, they sure do. That's all I got today. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you, Connor. Appreciate the phone call. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress 
We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant we get to uh john next here on listen up hey john how are you i'm doing all right grant how are you i'm good buddy hey i like hey i always love connor's phone calls and uh to end it or or towards the end of it, that is, when you were talking about coaches on the hot seat, I could not believe it took so freaking long for McCarthy's name to come up, Grant. And, you know, I'm a big Cowboys guy. I should be rooting for him, and I am rooting for him. But he should have been on the hot seat for years, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that he still has his job there. Um, but this year, uh, he won't be back next well, year if the Cowboys don't win sad. a couple of playoff games. You're surprised. I'm sad. So that's the, that's the difference, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's been a, yep. a lot of young coaches that have come around while he's still just had his job. I mean, look all, all over the league. Half the coaches, yep. maybe not yep. half, but there's got to be 10 of them that have been yep. more – that have been more successful for one and yep. younger and know, the, know um, the players of today. And it's silly that Kellen Moore got the freaking axe. When he's a young dude who knows quarterbacks, it's not like he was an elite quarterback. He was a mid. He was a Sean Salisbury. You know what I mean? He wasn't yep. elite as a quarterback, but he was smart. Knew every freaking play. Showed up every freaking time, and he knew what he could and couldn't do. And that, for him to get that axe is is silly as hell to me. And that's just you know it just shows the buffoonery of the owner. If that's a word, Grant, you're a wordsmith. Is that a word? I know it is in my it is it is in my vocabulary. Yes, buffoonery is okay on this show. Yes, indeed, Jerry Reynolds would approve of that. All right, well, that's all I need because he's uh, he can write the Websters. <laughs> he, he's a wordsmith. That's exactly right. No question about it. And Connor brought another thing up I did not know. Scalavisier, he got signed or well picked up a by partially a, a partially guaranteed contract. Yeah, his contract's <laughs> partially guaranteed. Yes. Hey, I love to watch that dude play. He had energy like nobody's business, and that guy would never give up on a play is the thing. He would never give up on a play. I loved seeing that about that guy. Just yep. to hear that he's on a team. Hey, we got a little roster space to fill, and I'm sure he's not He's not gathering so much money it's going to harm someone else's contract, you know, yep. to be honest. Yep. I think that – Well, and, you know, people talk about great signings and – a great signing and one thing is a great player, but that's a great signing just because it's going to be great in the locker room. Anytime I was at a game near, he was one of the, he stayed latest to sign autographs and so forth. 
and he smiling the whole time. And he's a good guy. I mean, he's a great guy. But, you know, again, basketball is about productivity. It's not about smiling and signing autographs. And I understand the point you're trying to make. But the question is, can he help the team on the floor? And the, there's a reason why he's not on a roster and a reason why he's available. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I know that. And he's going to be the 12th or 13th guy. So he may very not, Maybe. may not even hit the floor. You he know may not I mean? even make the roster. I mean, it's possible he would not make exactly. the roster. I mean, you know, so let's let's hold our horses here, okay? Exactly. And if he does make the roster, there's a possibility that he doesn't even play a handful of minutes and blowouts here and there. Yep. So, yep. We shall see, Grant. It's just something. Another thing that Monty's done, it's just fun to watch. John, John, John I'm letting you go, buddy, because you're just starting to break up and I'm losing you. So I put you back in the audience. It's always good hearing from you. Jerry is next here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Grant, how are you, sir, on this fine Monday? Good, bud. Good, thank you. Hey, Grant, you know what? I've always wanted to ask you a question, Grant, about this. And, you know, maybe, you know, you feel something different, but do you think, uh, I'm going back to the Kings in 2002, Grant. Do you think if the Kings would have won game number four in Los Angeles uh, before Robert Orr hit that shot, do you think the Kings had a good chance at winning that series if that shot didn't Yeah, they would have been up 3-1. They weren't going to lose three games in a row. They hadn't lost three games in a row all year. They weren't going to lose three games in a row then. Yeah, I do. I think they would have won the series. Absolutely. Grant, looking at that replay, because I'm sure you've done it numerous times. I've done it numerous times. And just, you know, hit that ball up in the air, do something or just do something different, which I know could have, would have, should have, but it didn't happen. But uh, what would you would have done, Grant, at that time? Jerry, if, if they were... had replay, Jerry, if they had replay, it wouldn't have come down to that because the Lakers <laughs> made a three at the buzzer at half that was clearly after the clock had expired. That was three points. So the game didn't come down to the last play, Jerry. The game came down to a lot of plays. So, you know, and again, I'm going to ask you a question. Why are we revisiting this? It's 2023, Jerry. Time to move on. We got to stop talking about 2002. <laughs> all right. No, I'm serious, Jerry. Like, what, why are we, why are we, Jerry, why are we talking about this? Seriously. I mean, uh, Connor wasn't even alive then. We got people listening on our show that weren't even alive then. Why, why are we talking about this? I know, Grant. Um, I know you were there, and I and I believe you were doing radio and on TV at that yep. time. And I remember I did the great. I did the games on radio. I did yeah. all. The, I did games yeah. three and four by myself yeah. on radio, and I remember it like it was yesterday. But you know, at some point, we got to stop talking about it. All right, sir. All right. Uh, Moving on then, Grant, you said that you don't feel that the Raiders, you know, they're not good enough to win like eight games this year. Uh, do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo, Grant, you know what, granted, you know, he doesn't have the same team like the 49ers. Uh, what do you think it will take for the Raiders to win 10, 12 games this year? I don't think it's possible to win 10 or 12 games. I don't think they have a roster that's capable of winning 10 to 12 games. I, I don't think they're good enough defensively. I don't think they're good enough offensively particularly in that division. I don't think they're better. I, I wouldn't take, if you put their roster on paper, I'm certainly not taking it over Kansas City. If you right. put their roster on paper against the Chargers, I'm taking the Chargers roster. So how are they going to win 10 or 12 games when, in my opinion, they're third best team in their division? So that's four games they got to play. I mean, if you're going to go and win, you know, as you put 10 to 12 games, you got to beat Denver twice and you have to absolutely split your four games against Kansas City and the Chargers. So that gives you four wins right off the get-go and two losses at the minimum 
if you're going to win 10 to 12 games. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see them being good enough. I really don't. I, I, I don't see how they're going to do it. Grant, do you see uh, the owner of the, of the Raiders making a change if the Raiders don't make the playoffs this year? Of course. He's, he has no concept of his team. Uh, yes, I do. I think he is a, a very irrational owner. You know, he gave, I said it the day he signed John Gruden to a 10-year deal. I came out and said that was the stupidest, most ridiculous thing that I had seen in a long time. I mean, he he has no idea what he's doing as owner. He really doesn't. Grant, he, of, he doesn't. And Grant, speaking of John Gruden, do you think he will ever get another head coaching job in the NFL? No, I do not. Okay. And Grant, one more thing, Grant. Um, do you think, uh, you know, Grant, we've talked many, many, many years, Grant, and I've always told you this, that why in the hell would John Gruden want to hire, uh, uh, no, sorry, why in the hell would Mark Davis want to hire John Gruden again, given that 10-year contract, $100 million? I mean, don't you think that that money could have been spent doing something else for your team? Of course, Seriously. of course. Of course. All right, let, let, let me go over their schedule real quick. So the Raiders host the Broncos in week one. They could win that game. Then they've got the Bills lost, Steelers lost, Chargers lost, Packers could win, Patriots toss up, Bears they could win, Lions lost, Giants lost, Jets lost, Dolphins lost, Chiefs lose. You know, they'll lose to the Vikings, lose to the Chargers, lose to the Chiefs. I mean, they're not going to – Jerry, they're not going to win 10 games. They're, they're they, they're just not going to win 10 games. There's just no way. They're not They're not good enough. Grant, when are you going to do your uh, win total for the teams? Uh, pretty soon. Pretty soon. Okay. okay. And, Grant, I got one more thing to, for you, Grant. Uh, you know, you said that uh, – no, uh, uh, there was an article that came out today that – uh, that Steph Curry said that he was, you know, he's the best NBA guard ever, uh, better than Magic Johnson. What would you say about that? I didn't see the article, so I can't really comment on something that I have not read. Would I say, would I ever put Steph Curry ahead of Magic Johnson? No. And I'm going to use, uh, again, I'm going to borrow Jerry Reynolds, okay, uh, right. explanation as to why. Jerry has always been spot on about this. He said Magic Johnson would have been an all-star if he had played any position. So he could be an all-star at all five positions. Could have been an all-star center, all-star power forward, all-star small forward, off-guard, shooting guard, okay? Steph Curry could have never been an all-star at small forward, power forward, or center, okay? So for that alone, I could never put him ahead of Magic Johnson. All right, so right off the, right the get-go, right off the get-go, I can't put him ahead of Magic Johnson. Yeah, but Grant, but don't you think, Grant, that the errors in the 80s and the 90s, you know, would have uh, just been something different, that that different players would have done much, much more if they were playing in 2023, 2020. Jerry, 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 if Dan Marino played quarterback in the NFL right now, we'd throw for 6,000 yards and have 50 touchdowns every year. But he doesn't play in this era. He played in the 80s. So if, would have, could have, should have, you can't, you can't say that, all right? People always say, gee, you know, what, how would Joe Montana have been if he didn't have John Taylor, Jerry Rice, and Roger Craig, and Brent Jones? Well, guess what? He did, okay? I mean, right. you know, you can't, you can't say, well, gee, what would have happened if, if? No, you can only go by what you can go by, all right? Magic Johnson would have been great in any era that he played in, okay? Steph Curry, same way, although, you know, Curry's game, 
Curry's style of play would not have fit in with Magic Johnson play because the game wasn't played that way. The game wasn't played the way the game's played now. And Steph Curry's a, a reason for that, by the way. He helped transform the game into more of a, a, a perimeter game. But, you know, Magic could have easily played in this era. I don't think Steph Curry could have played in Magic's era. That's the big difference. I mean, that's the big difference. Grant, and you I, know, I, the, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to say, you know, you want to compare errors. Okay, I'll compare errors. Magic <laughs> could have played in today's era and been an all-star at all five positions. Steph Curry could not have played in Magic's era. Grant, do you think that Ray Allen, if they played, which I don't want to get yelled at again, but do you think Ray Allen would have had the best three-point shooting record if he played yes. in this era now? I think a lot of, I think Peja Stojakovic would be another one. Can you imagine Peja or oh, can you imagine, now wait a minute, could yes. you imagine Reggie Miller coming out of UCLA right now and entering the league? Okay, could you imagine Ray Allen coming into the league right now? Peja, just those three, okay? Can you imagine how many points per game Peja Stojakovic would average today if he were coming into the league or Reggie Miller? or Ray Allen, the game was played differently then. Had Steph Curry been a point guard in Magic Johnson's era, they would have said, hey, little fella, come here. You're going to get the ball, and you're going to see the guy, the big guy down there, you're going to throw the ball to him. Then you're going to get out of the way, okay? No, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious, okay? And we, don't, and we don't want we don't want you shooting. We don't want you shooting the ball from 28 feet. No. You got the big guy down there. You're going to get the ball. You're going to walk it up. You're going to walk the ball up. And you're going to throw the ball to that big guy standing there at the post. That's what you're going to do. Grant, let me ask you this, Grant. Uh, in the next five years, where do you see the NBA, Grant? It's still going to be a very prolific league. Uh, again, it's going to be a league where there's no post play. It's going to be a league where it's bombs away from the perimeter. And it's that's the way the game is. And until the league decides that they need to make a change, that's the way the game is going to be played. That's the way the game is coached at the AAU level. That's the way the game is played in uh, college. That's the game. And that's the way it's played. And I don't see that changing in five years. Five years is not a, is not a long period of time. Five years goes by in a, in a flash. Grant, would you say that the NBA, Adam Silver, loves these records? You know, the teams, you know, they score 142 to 133. You think the NBA loves those kind of scores, Grant? Of course. All leagues love offense. Why do you think the NFL has their rules? Why do you think the NBA has their rules? They believe offense sells. Fans want offense. And so, yes, of course, they, they love it because they feel that offense sells. Yes. You don't see what? the NFL. You don't see the NFL putting rules in to slow down scoring. You don't see the NBA implementing rules to cut down on offense. No, every year you see them putting more and more emphasis on offense. Grant, I saw something. Uh, I saw something today that Kevin Nagel was doing something with the MLS coming back to Sacramento. Uh, Grant, um, do you hear something about that? No, I don't know anything about that other than he's tried to get the MLS here for years. He will continue to try to get the MLS here. I know that there are things going on behind the scenes, but in terms of specifics, no. I know that Kevin Nagel was left standing at the altar along with Daryl Steinberg and the whole city of Sacramento by Ron Burkle, 
who absolutely screwed over the city of Sacramento when he left everyone at the altar after already having a press conference right. with the MLS commissioner, Don Garber, in Sacramento. And what Ron Burkle did is just ridiculously uh, awful. Uh, Nagel is all about Sacramento. He has always been about Sacramento. He will not rest until the MLS is in Sacramento. He is a huge supporter of soccer. He also just bought a team in England uh, that he closed on uh, a few months ago. So he owns the team now in England. He owns the Republic. And yes, he wants the Republic. He wants the MLS in Sacramento. So, you know, again, Kevin wants to build that stadium and the rail yards. He wants to make Sacramento a better place. He's all about Sacramento. And again, I don't think he will rest. The problem with the MLS now is San Diego just had to come up with $500 million for their expansion fee. When Kevin Nagel started this process, the MLS expansion fee was $75 million. Then it went to $150 million, and now it's already up. No, I'm just telling you, it's already up to $500 million. That's a lot of cash. So we'll see what happens. Grant, my wife and I have been watching Ted Lasso, Grant. And you know what? I mean, I didn't realize that those franchises out there could have cost so much money, Grant. So, you know, I guess what I want to ask you is, you know, can Sacramento afford something like that here? Well, it's not a matter of whether Sacramento can afford it. It's a matter of whether one of the whales wants to invest their money into getting into the MLS. It's not a, it's not a matter of whether Sacramento can afford it. I mean, no, Sacramento could not afford it, but they're not paying for it. It would be an investor that would come in with the money and, you know, invest their money. It wouldn't be Sacramento. So. You know, the, listen, the MLS to me, and again, I know nothing about the MLS, so I'm putting it right out there. Connor might be able to help me on this because he's a big soccer fan and I am not. When I see what Lionel Messi is doing in the MLS, okay, coming over and dominating, all right, shows me that the talent level in the MLS is not very good. Okay, it's just that that's what the fact that Messi can score multiple goals. Right. or assist in every single match, okay, at his age, tells me that the talent level in the MLS is not very good. And I'm not saying that Messi is not very good because Messi is great. But the fact that Messi is so much better than everyone else in the MLS tells me that the level of talent in the MLS is eh, so-so. It's the minor leagues in terms of world soccer. I mean, let's just call it the way it is. The MLS is the minor leagues among world soccer. If the MLS can continue to lure players over such as Messi, then obviously the, the, it, would, the, it would be phenomenal for the league. Phenomenal. But, I mean, when I see what Messi's toying with everybody on the field, toying with them, that just tells me that talent level at the MLS is really not that good. And Grant, even when they say that the NMLS is equivalent to the NFL in America here, come on, that's how come they on. go crazy. I mean, well, I first mean, of I, all, Jerry, come on. I mean, come on now. First of all, here's the <laughs> other deal about the MLS. Here's the other deal that the MLS is having a problem with. Without me knowing anything about soccer, I'm using common sense here. They right. keep on expanding, which means that you have all of these new players that are coming into the league, which dilute your talent pool. It has to. You, you have more teams with more players. There's not enough talent to go around. So the talent level is diluted. 
That's why a player like Messi can come over and it's like men playing amongst boys. Seriously, it's like men amongst boys. So that's another issue I see with the MLS. I don't believe that there's enough talent available to have a league that is up to the standards of what you think when you think of Major League Soccer. Again, Major League Soccer, the MLS is minor league soccer compared to the world soccer. It's minor league. It just is. It, you know, you want to say it's the arena football of the National Football League. I mean, well, no, it is. Uh, yeah, it, well, let's just call it the way it is. That's exactly what it is. Grant, do you think if the Sacramento Republic, okay, were to join the MLS and be in that uh, big old thing right there, do you think they would be the Kings like 15, 20 years ago? Yes, there would be. Uh, I've told Kevin Nagel this, and I have uh, had many a discussions face-to-face with Kevin. I told him I, he was going to build a stadium that seats 22,500. I go, Kevin, why are you building a stadium that only seats 22? I go, if you build a 30,000-seat stadium, you'll be sold out in five minutes if you bring the MLS here. He goes, don't worry, we'll be able to expand. I go, why expand? Just build it now. I go, you will have 30,000 fans. The, Sacramento is a soccer-rich community and area. Northern California, if you put a MLS team in Sacramento, I am convinced, convinced that you could sell 30,000 tickets for every match. Convinced. Grant, do you think that'll be for the first couple of years as like a little honeymoon, or do you think that would last forever? Well, forever is a long time, Jerry, but I think it would look, <laughs> I think it would, I think it would be sustainable. I think that there's, because soccer continues to grow the interest in soccer is not like baseball, where it's declining. Right. It continues right. to grow each and every year. And here's something else. You have the World Cup coming to America and North America in 2026 or 20, whatever the hell the year is. And right. <laughs> you are you are going you are going to have that is going to propel further growth in the sport. So for the foreseeable future, yes, you would easily be able to put 30,000 in your stadium for matches. No doubt, no doubt in my mind. You know, Grant, I can't, you know, thank you for the call, my friend. Um, I can't wait for you to give your little, uh, you know, win total for the games for the NFL. Um, you know, I'm just curious about what you're going to have the Niners at. I mean, I'm just, you know what, I mean, if, if Brock Brady says, you know, stays healthy, Grant, I, you know what, and I can see them going all the way to the Super Bowl, Grant, I really can. And I just can't yep. wait until you do your picks, Grant. Better get Nick Bosa in camp. Yes, yes. You're going to need him on the field if you're going to the Super Bowl. You can't go to the Super Bowl without Bosa. Grant, do you think he will come, Grant? Yes, I think he'll get a deal done. All right, sir. Well, Grant, thanks for taking my call, Grant, and I didn't mean to take up too much of your time. Thank you very much. Thank Take care. Bye-bye. I will do that for sure. I got a couple of podcasts coming up where I'm going to be analyzing all the uh, NFL teams. By the way, for those of you, that are regulars, next week is going to be somewhat atypical because of where I'm going to be. I am uh, jumping across the pond for a couple of days to attend a wedding, and the difference time-wise in California is going to be 10 hours, I believe 10 hours, and so, uh, or nine hours, so my my shows might be earlier all right so you got to understand the next week my schedule 
is going to be a little crazy. All right. Plus, I'm not even sure what my, I don't want to say responsibilities. That's not the right word, but my, my schedule is going to be. All right. So keep that in mind. All right. I think the time difference is, I believe it's eight hours, the difference from California, not 10. I think uh, in the winter, but no. So we'll make it go. You know, we'll make it go. So just understand that. All right. All right. Let's get to John. Let's see if you got a better connection now. Go ahead. You broke up on me when you were on with me. Can you hear me, Grant? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. I'm trying to enunciate. First off, thank you for telling me that there's going to be an atypical schedule next week. And what I love, Grant, was when you do your rants in the morning. And by then, you usually know your schedule for the day. So you can say YouTube's going to be five or yes, seven. Yes, I will know my schedule. So yes, you do that on your rant, because a lot of times I don't get the update on the um, yeah, yeah. App profile. Yep. But when you yep. say it in the morning, I will know to know to hit that up. So that Thank is you, one thing that's great. Next thing is Appreciate great. It. it was great. Jerry calling in, and it sounds like his ticker's doing fine. He didn't even talk about medical issues. And that right there. Brings a tear to my eye in a good way. So, yep. And he brought hear that. a lot of good topics up too. And I want to be quick. Thank you, Grant. Keep it up. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for taking my call again. Thank you, John. Next week. Why not this week? It's only Monday. All right. Good show today, folks. Love the questions. And uh, I hope everybody uh, has a really good week. And get through this week. I hope uh, everyone uh, has good news. I see who is on the stream and uh, everyone's dealing with issues. And I uh, will always say, you know, with, with Jerry and John and, you know, others and what they're going through, uh, everyone deals with stuff. Everyone has, you know, loved ones that are going through stuff. And uh, I've got several people that are regulars of mine that uh, are dealing with stuff. And I think about them each and every day, you know, Jerry called up before we had his MRI, uh, two weeks ago. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the people that are on right now and, uh, I'm praying for all of you. Uh, and I mean that because you know what, uh, life is uh, a roller coaster, right? It's ups and downs, but I've always said this, you know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything, you know, and we all, when I say this and I'm generalizing, we all complain about, you know, stuff that we shouldn't be complaining about. Okay. You should be grateful if you're healthy, all right? Because if you have your health, you have everything. And I've been there. And there is nothing worse, okay, when you have a issue that could potentially be very serious and you're waiting on your test results. That is the, that is the scariest time of a person's life is when you are diagnosed or your blood work or whatever the case may be comes back abnormal and your doctor said well you've got this but we don't know to what degree you have this we have to do further tests we have to do a biopsy we have let me tell you if uh, most of us have been through that and you know what i'm talking about for those that have not been through that count your blessings all right because that period of time the unknown is the worst time and if it doesn't give you different perspective, 
and everything else. I've always said this, and I will continue to say this. If you have your health, stop complaining about stuff, all right? If you have your health, then you're fine, okay? So always keep that. I always, you know, and I mean that. I'm not trying to go on a tangent here, but when I'm in the car and I drive by a hospital and I see a cancer center or whatever, I, I am, I, I'm grateful that I'm not in there and I pray, I go, man, I'm praying for everyone in that building right now, because that's, that's the real world right there. That, that, those are people that are fighting to be outside doing what we're doing. Okay. And so for those of you that are listening, I'm praying for, for you. I know what you're going through. I have a lot of friends that listen. I have a lot of people that reach out to me and share their personal stories that no one else know about. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But for those of you that, you know, like to sometimes bitch and complain and I listen, I'm, you know, there, there were times when I do that, but then I put the brakes on and go, wait a minute. As I, as I know, I woke up this morning healthy. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to wake up tomorrow healthy, but I, I feel pretty good. I knock on wood and going to be that way for a while. But so thank you for saying that, John. It's very well said. And for everyone else, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.